My son was born uh, April 22nd at 9.52 p.m. And it was one of the most important days of my life. You can tell, it's funny because, you know, you hear the, the thing about like being a born again Christian, right? Where you die and become this new person, yeah. right? And I think the same thing, not, not the same thing, but similar happens when you when you have your first kid because that person who I used to be is done with. I, I just don't care about myself anymore. Not to the point where like, I want to throw my life away. It's just to the point where everything has to, I do is to better my son. Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad podcast. This is the place where we address dad dynamics and discuss personal experiences, stories, and poem submissions to help provide a platform for healing while simultaneously uplifting one another. Let's change the dad narrative all around. Let's go. Let's grow. Hello, you beautiful people. Thank you for joining me on the Dear Dad podcast. My name is Jimson Darius, a.k.a. BJ. Once again, we have another guest on this podcast. It's going to be pretty cool. So this guy, I, I think we spoke about him a few times uh, in the podcast. I know my sisters and my brothers brought his name up a couple of times, but he's here. He's able He's able to come in and tell his story, his half, his journey. And uh, I'm, again, I'm honored. I'm blessed that he's able to take this opportunity to talk to me, to talk to you, to share the story. And, and his name is Max. I know you heard his name a couple of times on the podcast. There's a reason why. And uh, he's here to tell you his story. And there's a reason why his story is so profound. There's a reason why it's so it's heavy and, and it's, it's, it's enlightening. And he's here to tell us all about his journey in life and fatherhood and about his dad and about being a dad. But I'm going to introduce you to my next guest, Max Darius. Hello, hello. Hey, everybody. This is Max Darius, for those who don't know me. Well, for those who do know me, it's uh, Maxime as well. Everyone close to me call me Max, which is uh, ironically my father's name. My father's name was uh, Max Darius, and my name was Maxime Darius. But everybody called me Max. Um, pretty honored to be on the show. Uh, thank you for having me, BJ. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this it's been a long time coming. I know I, I've I've called out to you and reach out to you so you can do this podcast. Yes, and yes. because we had uh, the sibling <laughs> series of my, you know my my siblings that took most of season one. So I know if you guys did not hear season one, I would recommend you go back to season one and listen to it um, because again, he's been mentioned a couple of times, and he's here again to tell you his story. So. I'm going to jump to the first question that I just want to just like dive into it. And I want you to tell me and to tell the audience, who is Max? Who is Maxine? Whichever name you want to go by. <laughs> tell the world, tell me, tell us, who is Maxine? Um, Maxine or Max. <laughs> My brothers call me Max. Uh, some people call me Maxine. That's the, you know, the Haitian way of saying it. Um... I'm a pretty cool guy. I'm an okay guy, but I'm also, you know, pretty rash, pretty strong-willed. Um, I could be hard-headed, of course. <laughs> That's an understatement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but uh, one thing about me is I love you know re- pretty hard. Like my family is like everything to me, and you know you pretty much you know you if you like you mess with anybody in my family, you could just include me in the mix if somebody is coming after you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have uh, I'm very blessed. Um, I have three brothers. My mom had four kids. She had me. I'm the second oldest. Um, the oldest is Martin Darius. Uh, we're actually back-to-back babies. Um, my mother had us one year apart. And then next was is my little brother, Michael. Me and him are two years apart. And then two years later is the youngest, Jonathan, on which the funny thing is both my younger brothers on the same day. So they actually share the same birthday, which is, you know, pretty interesting. You could say we used to, like, if you would think about it, we consider ourselves, I used to always consider us like the the four Ninja Turtles. Like our, char- <laughs> <laughs> our characteristics, it just, you know, it just, it was just like that. You had the oldest, Leonardo, who's supposed to be the leader of the group, the oldest, which is like Martin. Um, you had me, who was pretty much like Raphael, who you know who uh, who wore the red um, the red headband, and you know he's very skilled, but he was also you know short tempered, someone not to you know not to mess with. He was someone, you know, he was a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's the funniest part. The funniest part is you got the you know the next two is supposed to be Mike and Angelo and Donatello. Donatello is supposed to be the smart one out of the bunch. But both my little brothers are dummies. And, <laughs> <laughs> and none of them are like Donatello. They're both more like Michelangelo. So you could say they're like my, you know, Michelangelo. And they both act like twins. Born on the same day. And they just the same type of person. Which is, you know, it's pretty cool. So my mom had four kids. And my father had uh, seven kids. Well, that we know <laughs> <laughs> my father uh, with another lady, um, he had my three younger sisters, Margie, Maslin, and Tamila. Tamila lives over here. Um, she lives in South Carolina. She gave me two nieces, two beautiful nieces. I'm very happy about that. Beautiful babies. Margie, at some point, she looks just like Jonathan. Uh, my father wow. um, had her with a different woman in Haiti. It, it's spinning image of Jonathan when Jonathan was younger. It's crazy. She was in Dominican Republic for a little bit, going to school. And then now she's back in Haiti. And then you have Masin. Um, or she, I think she also goes by Majuli. I don't know how to pronounce it right. She's also in Haiti. So two sisters in Haiti and one in South Carolina. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so I just want to just change this dynamic and talk about your dad. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit briefly about your dad before I, uh, I let you talk. So Max and I, we are cousins, blood cousins, you can say. Mm-hmm. So my father and his father were brothers. And they grew up together and, you know, they went through oh. their, their own ordeals. If you listen mm-hmm. to the podcast, I know if I said my father had his own yes. trouble growing up, you know, relationship with his dad. His dad or our grandfather was not the best and it's not the, the greatest. And, I mean, I'm not going to downplay anybody. I just know he wasn't the best upbringing that he had. So raising us was not the best way he did. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not blaming him, I'm not pointing fingers. I just 
given a relation, your dad and my dad were were siblings, were you know from the same mom, should I can say. Yes. So we are closer cousins than anybody else. I'm not saying the family is not strong. Yeah. It's just that you and I, and the rest of your 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 three siblings, we're stronger. We have a same the same grandmother, so to speak. Uh, we have the same grandfather, but the same grandmother uh, we shared. So that's a little about, bit about his dad and my dad. So they were, um, they were the three of them. There was another sister or aunt of ours that passed away at early age, but it was there's the three of them and um, my father and your father, and um, and that's pretty much where we our bond is, um, where it began. You can say, uh, my father and his father. That's where it, it started. It, it ballooned into who we are right now. Yeah. Tell me about your dad. My father. Uh, Max, Max Darius, what I call him, Max. Um, we all call him Max. We all call him by uh, his first name because I remember you guys said you would say my mother or my father. Well, uh, you know that's was pretty different. Right. We would just call him by their first names, and my mom we would call her by her first name because as she was young, we know they you know they never really told us to call them mommy and daddy. But right. the funny thing is, as we got older. You know, um, my mom, I wouldn't call her Alud anymore. I would call her mom. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, my father stayed Max. I never, I don't think not once call him dad. Okay. Which uh, speaks to the type of relationship, you know, we have. Uh, my father, he was a person that was very good with people. When it comes to friendship, he was a good friend. He would give you, if you was his friend, he would give you everything. He would try to make you happy. You know, he loved friends. Um, now, as far as a father, you know, there was, of course, you know, some things lacking, a good amount of things. Be a good friend, but didn't know how to be the best father. You know, which is, you know, sad to say. And, you know, to fast forward a little bit, because, you know, June 24th, 2008, um, that's when my father left the surf. You know, he passed. And the funniest thing was, he was a great friend to a lot of people. But it was a very, you know, hard time for us, struggling time. And after his death, there was only a very few friends that was, you know, still around. Okay. Which is very interesting because in my point of view, in my view, the friends uh, were pretty much in front of us, the kids. You know, it was like a battle with friends, kids, you know. You know, it was very, it was, it's, it was very rough when you grow up and you see this stuff, you're like, okay. You know, you see this guy, he's always around. My father bless him, you know, be good to these people. And then after he dies, ghost, you know, that's your friend. That's a very good friend of yours. So, you know, the kids are probably struggling right now. You might want to check up on them, see how they're doing, see what's Mm -hmm. going on. To this day, about 90% of them (laughs) don't even know what they're doing. Don't even, you know, didn't hear from them, stuff like that. 
the ones that um you know stay in touch with mostly family because your family's our family's pretty strong right but it's you know it's very interesting um he was um tempered but he wasn't abusive at all he was somebody that really loved ladies <laughs> as, <laughs> as you can see with uh um seven kids and four different baby moms uh so he that also i think you know it was pretty much um something that he looked forward to more than you know his kids <sighs> yeah so the funny thing is because my father had uh, with my mom four kids and i could safely say out of those four kids i was the least loved i'm not gonna say hated but the least loved because like i said that my personality which uh, i think i get a lot from my mom i was a very brass person if something needs to be said i said it and i didn't hold back punches so me and my father we clashed a lot we clashed a whole lot because of uh, stuff like that you know because if i see something I'm going to say something. And I did. And I said it. And you know the old school Haitian mentality, you're not supposed to talk to grown folks like that. Mm. You know, you that's disrespectful. You're supposed to stay in your lane, stay in your place. But I didn't see lanes, you know. If I see something, I call you out. Very very interesting story, well, situation cuz things got one time things got so bad yeah i spoke to him about you know certain things and i didn't know i was like i don't like you know what you're doing and you know this is not right i was a young teenager i think i was a sophomore in high school right so I was a sophomore in high school big argument with my father so i didn't talk to him for two years living in the same house wow two whole years we didn't speak from sophomore year to senior year right and you know what it took for us to talk again me almost dying <laughs> really and um my senior year of high school this was probably springtime i believe cuz i had a it was it was warm outside um my appendix burst and i didn't know and so i'm in school i told the teacher i need to leave and she was like you can't leave and i just walked out um excuse me my school was downtown Manhattan I had a white t-shirt so I'm walking and the pain was just it was just one of the worst pains you could ever feel and then so I passed out so you passed out okay didn't know <laughs> I woke up I'm like oh why am I on the floor went home and one of the funniest things that my mom was <laughs> and with Haitians any problem you have is gas and then so everything I took down my body rejected I vomited right back out everything i drink water it immediately came out because um pretty much i had back the reme i was going to septic shock yeah wow. <laughs> so i passed out again in the room woke up i i'm like i don't know i was like like what the heck just happened and didn't know and i just wake up in pain so um i had my brother take me to the hospital I went to st luke's hospital 
they looked at my blood, so there was nothing in my blood. They was about to discharge me. And if I would have got discharged, I would have been dead. So I remember my brothers, um, my, um, you can say she's my grandmother, because I never met my real, well, I met my, my real grandmother later on, but I see how she was there. My brothers, they were arguing with the doctor. So they did a CAT scan and then they saw my appendix burst and, you know, I'm going to septic shock. So I had to go do emergency surgery. I was out for like a month and a half. I got put on life support, tube down my throat, all that stuff, the whole nine. And then after two years of not speaking to my father, I remember waking up, I think I was in the recovery room and he asked me how I was doing. That was like the first time we spoke in like two years. Wow. Two whole years, two wow. whole years. First thing, it's like, how you doing? Cause you know, I'm his son, you know, no matter, you know, how, you know, how, according to him, disrespectful I can get, you know, I still came from him. So you could see he was worried, you know, stuff like that. And then, so I let it go. I let everything go and we spoke, you know, and then I came home we started speaking again. But that wasn't the last time we clashed. <laughs> but I, I would say I think the the further clash, the more we clashed later on, it was just I was a little bit more respectful because I understood okay. that I could have died, and I could have died in very bad terms with my father. Right. Yeah, super bad terms with my father. And fast forward to. You know, this connects to another story because that moment I almost died and it was bad terms um, to the last time I spoke to my father. I remember I was in college for respiratory school and my father, you know, as he got older, he understood like, you know, his wrongdoings, which, you know, we'll get into that later on, but he understood his wrongdoings and he got a little jealous of, you know, we were closer to my mom. And then so, you know, he brought that up with me and it was a, it was an argument. It was a good argument. And then, like I said, the, my personality, yeah, I didn't hold no punches. But after the argument, I, I was about to, I, was, I remember I was supposed to go leave because I was living in the city. Uh, we go visit on the weekends and we lived in that jersey at the time. I remember I was about to leave. I had put my book bag on and, you know, we just had an argument and it was something in my heart. I, I kid you not, it was something that was like holding me like, yo, you can't leave right now. You cannot leave. And so I went back to my father and I said to my father, I said that, I said, no, excuse me, not that. I said, Max. Um, I know, you know, things are bad and I know we just argue, but I said, the reality is you're my father and I love you. BJ, that was the first time I ever said I love you to my father. First wow. time. And that was the last time because that's the last time I saw him. Wow. Because after that, he had a stroke. Um, a couple of days later, he had a stroke because uh, he wasn't—he was not complying with certain things he was supposed to do, and he didn't want to do it. So, 
He had a stroke. He ended up with a ventilator. The very thing I was learning about in school um, for like a week. And then um, he died. Wow. Wow. And this is more of a, a side question. You said you you were heading out after having this mm. dispute with him, and you decided to turn around and and come back and talk to him. Not only talk to him, but you told him that you love him. No, Very no. first time, only time. <laughs> so, what do you know? Yeah, do you remember what made you stop to just like? I don't know why I said that, that because that could have been the last out. time you ever. I don't know why, because. That's something I didn't have in me to say to him. So I don't know to this day, I don't know why. But I tell you one thing, and if I left like that, I probably would have been in a mess. My whole psyche would have been just messed up because there was just no closure. Right, right. I think that was God saying, You need to fix right. this right now, boy. Because, you know. You're not gonna have another chance. First and last, I was like, "Cause my wow. brothers the other day, I said, they ever told my father I love him?'" They was like, "No, nah, I don't remember you ever saying something like that." And I told him, you know, I was like, "This is the only time I said it." Wow, wow, that's that's deep. That is deep. I can't I can't even imagine putting myself in that situation. You know, you you're you tell your dad that you love him. That was the last time that you actually yeah. get to say that. And you know, not any not, a lot of us don't get to have that chance. And the fact that you were able to just like put your feelings to the side, I don't even think it was you that was doing that. I think it was just like, you know, that was God just literally just physically moved you and stopped you and told you, look, this is the only chance that you got. Honestly, the only thing that's you got. Because if you if you didn't, who knows like your condition right now? Your mentee would have been like all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and it, <laughs> and it was uh, I tell you, man, it was a it was one of those arguments. It was one of those arguments where we spoke about, you know. With, uh, I spoke about what he did, why, you know, things are like this. You know, you still our father, we love you, and we try to take care of you, you know, you're sick. But I can't force myself to like somebody. I could never, ever do that if I don't like you. And it's not saying I don't like my father, it's just saying my feelings, I love you as my father because you're my father. But right. what I show my mom is because of the work she put in. The work right. you put in is nowhere near the same. So how can I right. love you the same? That's impossible. Or I would be a fraud, a fake, two-faced, a liar. I don't want to be none of that. So that was his big issue. One of his big issues, you know, you guys do this for your mom and this and that. But, you know, it's, it's you saw what you reap. You made your bed. And this is the time where you're now you're lying in it. You know, you're lying in that bed. You know, your body of work. You know? And I just I I told him everything. I every time. I, like every time I had to talk to him, I would tell him, like, this is what happened. This is what you're doing. This is why I'm like this. And this is for the most part the reasons why, you know, I was probably the least loved out of the the bunch wow 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 that's deep that's deep and i and i said that i said this before and i'll say it again 
you know sometimes you think you know someone but you don't know the, you don't know their story you don't know their journey you don't know the, the struggle that they go through or they're going through so that's why you have to be careful how yeah. you treat other people how you go about saying certain things to other people because you don't know if they're on their last breath if they are on their last like brink where they can break and what would mm -hmm. what you say can break them that's why you have to be careful of what you said to everybody or anybody that you come across because you don't know where their their mind is at right now you don't know what under what pressure mm -hmm. that they're going through and it's hard and it's hard i mean i know sometimes we are we're so caught up on our own uh um, journey and we go we have our own problem going through we're going through our own problems that we don't think about other people we just think about ourselves and it's hard and it's deep because you know there are so many of us out, out there that's hurt we just don't know it and it's hard for us to know we just have to be careful about how we just like spit out whatever's on our mind because it can affect a person deeply i mean even you telling right now let's say i've I, I met you and i was like and i said something wrong to you that could have just broke you down that could have just changed the relationship between you and i because i don't know what yeah. you were going through you know and that's why i'm so encouraged about you know hearing the stories because you as my cousin i mean we spend summers together yeah. we chill <laughs> at your house and i I get to know who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, you understand, like, we we are so close. Like, we have stories mm -hmm. where we stay up at night and we, we jokes around. Like, it's just crazy, like, how close we are. But I still don't know exactly your journey. I still don't know exactly the stuff that you go through. So it's hard for me to just say, oh, yeah, I know who he is. I know the surface of who you are, but I don't know the journey mm -hmm. of life that you took. Mm -hmm. It's like, so it's, yeah, it's very, yeah. very hard. It's funny because, uh, my cousin, um, G. Emanuel, he was on the show and he touched up on, you know, the the, um, the family that live up the block. That was us he was talking about. And the funny thing is, because right. I look at your lives and I look at our lives and it was like two sides of a coin. But it, <laughs> it was still right. a bad coin. <laughs> right. Your father, you know, he did what he did. Um, and my father my father he was there it was just a body there he was there but right. um as a father mostly not really you know it was it was it was rough because you see because after you, you grow up and then because you become more mature and you, you see like okay uh <laughs> what are you what are you doing actually you know like you're just here you know as a as a body right um <laughs> I'll give you another, and this is uh, before I move on, you know, I'm here, I'm always about truth. You know, some people might say, oh, you're bashing your father. And then I could say, what I would say to them is, no, I'm just telling you what happened. It's not an insult to tell right. you what happened. And if someone came and slapped you in the face and I say, yo, he just slapped you. It's not an insult. I just told you what just happened. So, right. um, every year <laughs> for um, my birthday as a kid, right? Uh, my birthday would um, it would come, and only a few people know this. You know, this is why why I'm like this. But um, it'll be my birthday, and then I would sit there and then because i'm so happy because it's my birthday right and my mom she always of course acknowledge it and try to do her best you know she wasn't working for much but she did you know she was a fighter she did what she had to do and then so 
I would sit there and I look at my father, and he wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't do anything on my birthday. On your birthday. And then, so I'm excited. I'm waiting for, you know, just even if you just say happy birthday, that would be, that would be great. That would be super awesome. So nothing. <laughs> and then so what I started doing every year, I don't know for how long, I would go to him and I was, and he'll be like, yes, it's my birthday. And he's like, oh yeah? And I'm like, yeah, I get $10 to buy a watch. It was a cheap watch. And then I would, uh, he'll give me the $10. Um, I would go buy the watch, watch the last probably a week because it was a cheap watch. And then I'll wait till next year. And then the next year comes, Max, yes, today's my birthday. Oh yeah? Can I get ten dollars to get a you know to buy a watch? I think I did it for like seven, eight years. I don't know how long. And when that last watch finally broke, that year I didn't actually, I didn't say anything. I just wanted to see what was going to happen. Nothing. He didn't say a word. Nothing. Right. The next year after that, I didn't want to do anything for my birthday. I didn't want. I didn't want nothing. So what became of me was. I don't celebrate my birthday. I don't do parties for my birthday. And it's something to this day, you, know, you just can't shake it. I just feel like, eh, you know, it's just my birthday. You know, I'm just happy for everybody else's birthday. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Christmas. I hate Christmas to this day. Hate Christmas. Being a father is one of the best things. Best things that ever happened to me. And that helped me a lot too. It helped me a lot with my struggles, you know, you know, my father's not here, but it helped me a lot, you know, to see things clearly. Today's actually a very, very important day today. Um, it is my firstborn, Gabriel Martin Darius, my son. <laughs> Today's his birthday. Uh, he turns four. Um, my son was born uh, April 22nd at 9.52 p.m. And it was one of the most important days of my life. You can tell, it's funny because, you know, you hear the, the thing about like being a born again Christian, right? where you die and become this new person, yeah. right? And I think the same thing, not not the same thing, but similar happens when you when you have your first kid because that person who I used to be is done with. I I just don't care about myself anymore, not to the point where like I want to throw my life away, it's just to the point where everything has to I do is to better my son to better my um, I also have right. I have two kids um, Gabriel and Soraya Soraya is my daughter <laughs> little daddy's girl and um, I'm having a third kid very soon um, my wife is pregnant she's five months pregnant and we found out it's going to be a, a baby boy and uh, we're going to name him Lathan Lathan with an L and when I tell you, like, it's like I don't exist anymore. 
It feels like I don't exist. Everything I'm doing is for them. Everything, everything. I don't shop for clothes as much as for me anymore. Sneakers. I used to be a sneakerhead. <laughs> I used to be. I used to have like 20, 30 pairs of sneakers or like rare Jordan and stuff like that. And then after my son was born, I gave some. I gave like half of them away. I didn't care about it anymore. And then uh, one thing I love doing is um, I love dressing up my son. Um, he looks, you know, looks like a fly kid. <laughs> uh, my wife, I let my wife dress my daughter mostly because I didn't grow up with any of my sisters, so I don't know how to, you know, dress daughters. So I just buy sneakers and shoes, and then you know, um, and then I let my wife put it together. Because last time I put an outfit together, it was horrific. <laughs> okay. It was bad. Okay. It was really bad. So, <laughs> and um, I dress my kids. I love my kids. One thing I love is for my kids to look really, really nice. Because I have um, two cousins that are like fashionistas, and I watch them. They don't know I watch them, but I watch them. And I'm like, man, I want my kids to be like that. I want them to grow up to be nice and sharp like that. Um, so uh, the the one person is. Um, P, Peggy Darius, he dressed, yes, your older brother, he dressed uh, very sharp. The dude knows how to put it together. And um, I want my son to be like that, definitely like that, like know a good sense of fashion. And my daughter, you know, we have the natural hair, the afro. I love putting her hair in the afro puff. I love when she dresses and she looks very, very nice, very, very sharp because her aunt, puts it well together very well and her aunt is Gael Darius and she is also a fashionista and they ask their brothers and sisters and I'll be watching them and I'm like I'm going to steal their style I'm going to rip them off <laughs> and put it in my kids that's what you, that's what you gotta yes. do you yes. have to do that because um, it's nice it's very nice when you look very nice because Gael is like she, when she did the afro I looked at her I said I'm also a photographer. I said, yo, we got to do this photo shoot ASAP. And then we did a photo shoot, one of my best photo shoots. It looks awesome. And then now she's doing the bald head and it looks so awesome. And I still didn't get a chance to do a photo shoot with her when it comes to that. And she looks awesome. She dressed very well. P, he puts it well together. And that's one attribute that I really want for my kids. As far as the presence of your dad, the lack of it, because I know with my father, again, he was mm -hmm. there, but he was not really there. And you were you going through a similar thing as well. You know, your father was dead, but he wasn't really involved. How has or how was his presence or his lack of presence made um, an impact on you? That's a good question. And the funny thing about me is I like to, like, I'm a counteractive person. I just like to counter things. You know, I don't, I really don't try to get, let things get me down. I try to react towards it. And the pretty much, you know, the lack of things my father have done, it taught me. It taught me not to do that with my kids. So, you know, some people have the notion that they don't know how to be, you know, a good father because their father was a terrible father. But I just say, okay, what, did, what didn't you like? Okay, you didn't like that, so then don't do that. You know, don't do it with your kids. And the good stuff that he did, you know, my father was very funny. He took us out, you know, um, he, had, he had definitely had positives. And then I'll take that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take the good from you 
and then I'm going to learn from your bad and I'm going to change that. You know, I'm going to change that and make it into a positive. That's pretty much been my whole life. Just take the negative and try to turn it into a positive. Somebody's giving you a lemon, you make a lemonade, make it real sweet. If there is, what are some great memories that you have? Um, one time, uh, <laughs> um, he had a flat tire and he parked his car downstairs in the garage. And, you know, I was home and he asked me, you know, um, you want to come with me? And I said, yeah. And he taught me how to change a tire. And mm. I was like, yo, this is, you know, a, a real father-son moment like I've seen in the movies and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yo, that was, I, I know some people might hear me like, what is he talking about? But that was awesome for me. Yo, that was great. I was so happy that day. Just learning how to change. I was like, my father, you know, taught me how to change the tire, you know. Uh, when I was younger, I had some, you know, great memories because he would always drive to Queens or he likes to drive places. He likes to take trips. So, you know, we would tag along. That's one of the like great positives that we had. You know, we went on trips and stuff like that. It's not, you know, big trips, but like we go to Six Flags. Uh, we'll drive to Florida, stuff like that. He was big on that. And those are those are great memories. I remember as the funny thing as a kid, right? When I was living in Queens. I looked at my father and I, I felt like he was, I, don't laugh, all right? I thought, <laughs> I thought my father was Chuck Norris. Not not Chuck Norris the person, but I thought Chuck Norris was him. And like, he would wow. show his, like, he would, I was like, um, he would say, you know, look at my muscles or something like that. He'll flex. And then I'm like, wow, look at the, you know, as a kid, I remember that as a kid, that was, you know, there was it was at those are the points where somebody, you know, is a hero to you, you know, because you're innocent and you don't know much. So you 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 know, you will personify him as a as a superhero. And, you know, right. I would see that and I was like, damn, you know, darn, my father's strong. Look at his muscles and stuff like that. And then I used to go to school. And then I would tell him, my father's Chuck Norris. I, um, <laughs> in Queens, um, I forgot the name of school, but it was in Queens. And I would say that. Um, but one funny thing is, what's kind of sad is, uh, like, there'll be parent-teachers meetings and stuff like that, or, uh, you know, situations where fathers would come in and do stuff. And it would just, you know, my mom didn't, at the time, her English wasn't well, so... You know, I would see other people's fathers, but not mine. <laughs> I would, uh, you know, be a situation need to be handled. It'd be my mom. They need somebody to come to school. It would be my mom. You know, and then, but you see everybody else, other people, and you see their father and mothers. Not everybody, but you know, there's people that have similar situations as me. But, you know, those are some of them, you know, some of the memories that where you have fond memories and then it changes you, you know, and it's so, it sucks mm -hmm. to be, 
you know, that young, and then you start noticing stuff like that. It's, it's really tough because you're forced to grow up. And you shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't happen to kids, but you got to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. And just like you said, you had to, we had to learn how to grow up fast. You had to learn how to adapt fast. You had to learn how to be an adult faster than you had to. So now you're robbed of that. And, you know, childhood is, it was quick. You didn't have the time to enjoy because you had to learn how to be an, an adult real quick. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us went through that, especially you as well, as you're telling me that you had to go through that. You had to learn how to cope and you had to learn how to be an adult at an early age, no. which is not fair. You know, it's very, it's really not fair at all. Cause now you, you're looking back on it. It was like, man, did I, did I, did I gain anything or was I supposed to be, you know, an adult at like, exactly. you know, 12, 13 years old? Am I supposed to be taking care of my siblings at that time? Like, you know, it, it, it bothers you because now you're just saying, wait, then what was my, what would my childhood look like if I didn't exactly. have to worry about exactly. those things? And it was, of course, cause you know, this is my story and uh, cause I don't want to, you know, act like my brother because my older brother it was pretty much both of us we had to figure that out quick and my brother had to do a lot of you know uh, decisions he had to leave school because he had to go home and work because you know (laughs) you know food wasn't being put on the table um he had to figure out where we're gonna live because we had to move so many times because you know a couple times we got evicted you know, a lot of people don't know this. We moved a lot, you know. Um, and then he was the one that figured out where we had to go. Not my father. It was my brother, my older brother. It was, wow. and it's, it's like, hey, you got to grow up. You know, if your father doesn't do what he has to do, you got to grow up. So me and my older brother, we was forced to grow up quick. Right. That is so tough, man. Again, you think you know someone, but you don't really know their life story. You don't know their journey in life and how they came to be who they are right now. So you got to be careful what you say or mm-hmm. the way you act around yes. these individuals. It's, it's tough. Uh, okay, let's take a brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this sponsor. Hey, guys, Bejumps and Darius, a.k.a. BJ here from Dear Dad Podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I wanted a platform where I can record and upload my content very easily. I didn't want to go through any hoops to get my podcast out there. When I did study my podcast, I was on a different platform. But after I was introduced to Anchor, not once, not twice, but over three times by my close friends, I decided to give Anchor a try. I must say, I absolutely love it. Not only is it easy to use, but I am able to record edit, post, and publish all my episodes right there on the app or the site. I was able to transfer all my episodes onto Anchor in less than five minutes. That for me was unbelievable. Oh yeah, here's the best thing of all. It's free. It is free to use. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. But take my word on this. It's true. Using Anchor has definitely made podcasts so easy. Trust me, you'll love it. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are some characteristics in you that you find in your dad? All right. This is, (laughs) well, um, first thing I'm going to point out is 
um, his temper. Um, you know, my father had a temper. He had a very quick temper. Um, but I don't want people to think that he was, you know, abusing the crap out of us. He was not doing that. You know, um, for the most part, it was my mom that gave us the beat. <laughs> well, it's kind of, kind of, <laughs> it's good and bad because my mom gave us the beans because we needed it and she cared. And my father was a little just too busy doing other things. So that's why, yeah, it sucks to say it like that. But right. I, like I said, I told you, I don't hold punches. This is what it is. Um, so that temper, yes. But um, I must say I have worked on it. Um, but it's there, you know, it's there. And, you know, my advice is don't push those buttons. <laughs> um so I have that, but also um, the love that he has. Because my father had love for his friends. I'm talking about love for his friends. He was all about his friends. Right. You know, you know, he, uh, what do you call it? He had this, you know, love his kids, but he was really about his friends. Um, and that love kind of transferred over to me, but not, not mostly to friends. That love transferred to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, me and my family is really, really close. And I have my circle. My circle is tight. And I love my circle. Um, you know, like I said, I love my family death. But I, I do have a circle. Um, which consists of, of course, you know, my brothers are in it. But um, as far as my, um, outside my uh, medias, you could say, um, of course, P, Peggy Darius who's just a, just another brother. It's just simple. He's just a brother, period. Um, Thompson Million, who's just another brother. Well, the people I'm telling you, those are just brothers. They're not cousins. They're brothers. Um, Gabe Million, that's just my brother. Yeah. You know, um, Will Darius, like me and Will, that's my brother. Um, Webster, he's... Uh, from France, mm. but that's my brother. Uh, yeah, I remember he came to visit. First time we saw him was like I was I was probably like 18, 19. And then he came over from France because he wanted to come to New York. And he kept coming over and we, like him and my brothers, we just came tight. He's like the very there's like very little Darius over there in France. And he's like the very few left over there. But that is my brother. I made Gabe and Webster, the godfather of my son, which is huge for me because I do not take that lightly at all. Very important right. figures in my life. So you got Peggy, you got um, Thompson, you got uh, Gabe, um, you got Will, you got Webster, and my my cousin G is getting there. He's getting up there. He's getting up there. <laughs> He's getting up there. Um, those are those are my circle right there. Um, those are people that are very very close to my heart. Do not hurt their feelings or anything like that because I'll come for you. I will come for a vengeance. <laughs> it goes a temper. It goes a temper. <laughs> but before my wife, I just had you no. Know, I had friends. You know. I had friends, um, didn't take much people serious, you know. You know, love, you know, some girls here and there I was talking to, you know, you know, that was whatever. 
but my wife is actually my first girlfriend. She was my first girlfriend. Mm. Um, it made me very, very picky, you know, on who I wanted to date. Um, there were some others. I'm not gonna say there was no others that I was interested in. You know, of course there was, you know, there were some others, but um, uh, someone that first person I really, really took seriously. And because the craziest thing is, I don't know why God brings people that are like similar to your mom to you. Cause I didn't know this girl from home. Well, first time I saw her, she smiled at me. She was supposed to be um, my godson's godmother. And it was actually uh, a couple people that hooked mm-hmm. it up. It was my godson's godmother who like, I want you to meet this girl. Um, my mom and her are like daughter, you know, like mom and daughter. Cause you know, sometimes when you have um, your mm-hmm. wife and your mom, cause my mom lives with me, you know, in the same place, they could clash. Right. But these two is pretty much almost the same thing. They're like mother and daughter relationships. Sometimes I feel like I'm the stepkid. Wow. I mean, the, the, the son-in-law, excuse me, not stepkid. It feels like I'm the son-in-law. I told my mom that. I was like, sometimes you make me feel like I'm the son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that has been um, a godsend, a blessing. Um, and, you know, I'm very happy about that. Um, and I would say to people, you know, uh, be careful who you choose, you know, who you want your significant other to be, because sometimes you see, sometimes you follow the same thing. Like, you know, some people will have some bad relationship with their parents and you follow suit and now you're doing the same thing because mm-hmm. of who you chose. Tell me about fatherhood. Fatherhood. <laughs> fatherhood, man, I tell you. It felt like I was bred to be a father. Mm. And when I say bred, you would think I'm, you would think I'm talking about my father, but I'm, I'm actually not. I'm talking about my family. I've pretty much, I've sat there, like I said, I've watched, I always watch. I sit there and I watch and I take notes and I copy stuff. Mm-hmm. I seen my cousin P become a father, Gabe become a father awesome father to see my you know my brothers become parents i was a out of all my brothers i was the last one to have kids Mm. and i just watched and then i see the stuff they do and i'm like okay i'm gonna do this okay i'm gonna be like this okay i see what they're gonna do i see what they feel like my uncle um, roosevelt i pretty much stole his whole type of um pretty much the stuff that he feeds his kids. I'm very big on organic food and certain types of foods for my kids. And so I saw what he, you know, what he's done. So I took that. <laughs> but um, I, I was ready. I was ready mm-hmm. and anxious. And I felt like I've soaked up everything I need to soak up, all the information. Uh, you know, I look at my mom of what type of person she was. And, you know, some people, they say, you know, they wasn't ready to be a father, mm-hmm. which, that's, of course, there's no knock that. That's, you know, that's life, the situation. It's it definitely. But, you know, those people I know that it's like that, they step up to the game and became a great parent. For me, I was ready. I was ready. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there, just ready for it to happen. And April 22nd, 
was my chance, my biggest chance. And when my son came into this world, man, I died mm. and I became a whole new person. Right. A whole new person. Right, right. I was all about this kid. Like, what ways can he be blessed? Spiritually, financially, uh, mentally, everything. You know, what ways can I teach him? You know, you know, there's going to be tough love. There's going to be love. It's going to be fun. There's going to be work. There's going to be education. I was sitting there and I was just ready. I had my friends too. Friends from high school, Fitzgerald, uh, Jason Hayes. These two great parents already. Dope parents. And then you learn some things from them too. So I was ready. I was pretty much someone that studied for the test to the T <laughs> and, <laughs> and just trying to ace this thing. Pretty much, just trying to ace this thing. When my son came out, man, I, I remember I was there with my wife. And first and foremost, man, you gotta, these women, yeah, they're strong, man. To go through that. Amen. Oh my goodness. To go through that. If I was a woman, I'd be like, you only have one. <laughs> <laughs> yo, when, yo, to go through that is insane. It's insane. But when my son came out, I tell everybody, I'm not ashamed. I cried. Right. And then it was something that I just could not control. It flowed out, and that was it. It was like, yo, you crying, and that's it. Right. And my son Gabriel came, and then I became this person that I was never before. Like, And then I was just never this person. Never. And it's just, you know, a blessing. It's a huge blessing. But I want to say something else. Um, before that, I was still actually a father because <laughs> I had my nieces and nephews. Okay. And it's very similar. It's very similar. It's still a little different. It's not the same, but it's very similar. Because um, I was there, you know, they were babies. I was there with them. They grew up. And, you know, my my, nie my son, my niece and nephews, they didn't have one father. They had four. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I pray for the same thing for my kids, you know? And so I was, you don't really have to give birth to be a parent. Mm -hmm. Because I know this, this because my wife's, um, my son's grandmother, not my mom, but my wife's aunt. You hear what I'm saying? Mm. Not her mother. My wife's aunt is my kid's grandmother. And they call her grandma. Wow. My wife was sent, yeah, she was sent here as a kid and her aunt raised her. So, um, and she was here through the pregnancies and she is a godsend. You know, she is who they call grandma. And now my wife's mom, she came from Haiti. They gonna they call her Nana. Mm. I'm like, you call her Nana, but grandma is her aunt. And there's nothing, there's no discussion. That's it. So I remember... I had a situation where somebody kept saying, go to your aunt. Go. I was like, no, that's not their aunt. That's their grandmother. Wow. I had to correct them. And you need to stay with that. That's my kids. That's their grandmother. Don't do it again. Respect that. Um, fatherhood is something else, man. It's, 
like I said, I was I was ready for it. I was waiting for it and you know anticipated. And it was just something I was ready for. And you know, you, you see people, you know, they live this crazy life, party and stuff like that. And then, you know, they have kids, but they seem like they regret. They want to go back to that party life and stuff like that. Me, hell no. Hell no. There's no way. Like, how can you see this? It's, it is hard, but it's not a burden. It's life. It's beautiful. It's what it's supposed to be. You know, it's I'm happy that I don't get much sleep and I get to take care of my kids. It's hard, though. Mm-hmm. But I'll do it any day. I'll do it, period. This is for my kids. You know? I am... Well, I forgot my age. What am I, 35? <laughs> Damn, I'm old. <laughs> I'm 35. <laughs> and, but my time... It feels like my time is up. But it's, I'm not saying I quit life or something like that. I'm just saying it's not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a kid. I have a daughter. I'm going to have another son. It's about them. They need to be something, you know, um, like successful in life. And when I say success, it doesn't mean um, to have a career or something like that. I would like for them to have a career. What I mean by success is, first and foremost, you know, they're children in Christ. Mm. Second, you know, um, they're good, genuine people. They're not scumbags. They're not killing people, robbing. That's my goal and that is my duty that's what i'm supposed to do because i'm a father i'm supposed to teach him my son how to be a man um supposed to teach my girl some things about womanhood but i can't teach him everything that's my wife you know that's where she comes in right and then i have my other son gonna teach him how to be a man because i tell you man uh a lot of things lacking in these new generations (laughs) you know like you said before, I'm you. You were prepped. You are pretty much were studying to take this exam, and you were ready to take it. I, I I felt the same way when I when my wife and I decided to have kids, to have a child, should I say? We only have one kid. Uh, it was it was a sit down conversation. We we sat down. and was like, okay, I, I think it's time for us to to do this. It's time for us to go about doing this. And I I wanted to be a father. And like you said, like you, you said before. Yes. you had examples you had your brothers mm-hmm. you had you had cousins you know that was that was there and you had niece and nephews to for you to practice and you, you it was already there and again mine's pretty much the same thing as well i mentally was there to i was ready to have a child i wanted to have a child because mm-hmm. i wanted to be able to express a lot of the love that i have in me that wasn't given to me to a child of mine I didn't want my child that I have to go through a neglect, to go through a hardship. Yes. I just know mentally I was ready to have a child. I mean, there are all the stuff that comes along with it that you know mm-hmm. you're not prepped for. But when I'm when you are mentally ready to have a child, you can say, or you want to have a child, when the kid is here, it's not a burden. When the kid is here, it's not it's a not. nuisance where you, oh, I have to like, like you said, I got to go to my club. I got to go to a party. No, once that once the kid is born, like I said, my son, when my first my son was born, when he came, like it was just profound. Like, like you said, I was I was literally born again because emotionally, everything was dead. Like I, I didn't know I was that emotional person because this guy just brought it out in me. Like he's so affectionate Man. and so loving, and it's just an amazing 
a thing to feel for a child. And I, again, I sometimes I sit there and I just like, yep. I'm at, oh, I'm like, there is no way I'm able to love a person that deeply. Exactly. Exactly, bro. That deeply, man. It's crazy, it doesn't right? change. And the thing is, no matter what he does or does, does, he doesn't do, it doesn't change. No matter how much he, he can be annoying to me, maybe at times, it doesn't change. Maybe he does something that pissed me off. It doesn't, it doesn't change. Maybe he pooped on his diaper while we're doing potty mm-hmm. training. It doesn't change. When he doesn't want to fall asleep, he doesn't, it doesn't change. Nothing changes. It just grows mm-hmm. to become better. It gets better each and every day. It's just, a, it's just like a fruit. It just gets sweeter and sweeter every day. So it doesn't get bitter. But on the same note, if yeah. you are not mentally ready to have a child, everything that a kid does yes. becomes a burden because you can't go out, you can't do this, you can't party, you can't drink, you can't, like all that stuff becomes, I can't. Instead of like, oh no, I need to cater mm-hmm. to this person, you know? So it becomes a different dynamic. So it becomes a, a resentment. Yeah. That's something I never wanted to do. I never wanted to resent my kid. I never resent, when I resent my wife mm-hmm. for holding me back from doing, no, I wanted to get married. We wanted to get no. married and we wanted to have a child. Everything that we did was a decision. I decided, we decided, and then we moved forward. If it was just one way, it was it yeah. was not going to work. Exactly, exactly, it's not going to work. So we that's why I said you have to like be intentional with being a father. You know, everybody, a lot of people can be father, but not everybody can be a dad, and that makes a big difference. Bingo, makes yeah, a huge makes a difference. Big difference. Huge difference makes a big difference. Okay, let's take another brief commercial break. We'll be right back. So I know we're talking about fatherhood and talking about, you know, the love that you have for your child and 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 uh, mm-hmm. how the love grows for them. Before you be, before you became a father, did you have an idea what kind of father you wanted to be? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Before I became a father, I had like <laughs> exactly like the right idea, exactly what I wanted to be was I was like, okay. Like I said, I've seen uh, well, first and foremost, my father he gave me some stuff that you know I wanted to do, but he showed me <laughs> he showed me some stuff. I said, okay, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be like, I don't want to put my friends over mm-hmm. my kids. So my kid comes first. Don't play with my kids. You know, don't. It's just because we went through certain things, bro. We went through certain things where it felt like my mom, my mom was fighting for us because my mom was that type. She was that type where. You don't mess with her kids. Mm-hmm. My father was not that type. And then I said, I don't want to be like that. Right. My son needs to know, daddy is here. Somebody mess with you. Daddy going to do all he can. Let right. that person know. Never again. Mm-mm, not this kid. But also, you know, as kids grow up, you got to let them learn how to handle themselves, you know, themselves. Situation. Right. Right. But, um, when I saw one of my one of my brothers, my brother P, when he had his kid, Aiden, his firstborn, and P was doing, he was doing what he had to do. And I was like, yo, I need to be like that. Yep. Yep. So I need to be like that. Absolutely. I looked at it, I said, awesome. And then I saw Gabe, Gabe had his son. He's lucky to have a father like that. Mm-hmm. God bless me because I saw it and then it gave me perfect examples what I should do. Put a little sprinkle here, a little sprinkle there. And he made a perfect recipe. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not perfect father. No way. I'm just saying he made me want to be that type of person. Right. And that's what it is. That's what it takes. That's what it, that's what it should be. Because it's people that just don't want to be fathers. But they have kids. 
Right. Yep. They showed me, and I thank God for them. You know, my brothers, they showed me good example. Um, and I, I have to say, I have to be thankful. It sounds crazy, but I have to be thankful for also the negatives that I was shown because it showed me don't do that. Right. You know, right. you touch a, you know, you touch fire, you get burned. Now, you know, okay, it's hot. Right. Don't touch it. Right. You have to learn how to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just like you had, I had influences and definitely my older brother P was just definitely an influence mm-hmm. on me from the do's and the don'ts. Definitely my, mm-hmm. my brother, uh, Emmanuel as well. Just like how to love, you know, how to, how to, how to be a dad and of, of two girls. I want to say also very proud of G, man. Because G came a long way, and this dude is an exceptional father. Mm-hmm. Exceptional father. I'm extremely proud of this dude because he also gave me an example. And I, I I'm, you know, I, stupid for not mentioning him, but exceptional father. Those two guys, I, I've learned, and I, I said it before in the previous podcast that I learned how to be a father through those guys, like both my, my my younger brother and my older brother i learned to be a father i learned to be a better father through them because i didn't get an example of being a father i had i had role models i can say well i've got bits and pieces for different individuals but when i saw it because I, I had like like you i had my child later on um so therefore i had other people to look at i, I saw my older brother i saw my younger brother i saw the way the relationship were i saw how much like love they invest in their child how much love they invest in their children and for me I, I saw that i was just like there's no way i'm going to not mimic that mm. because they 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 do it and they do it with like with love it was not do, they don't do it because of regret they, they do it because it's, it's pure love pure love the relationship between them between them is inseparable the relationship between um Gamanuel and um uh his first daughter abby oh my god uh, it just is it's just the best father and daughter relationship that you can have mm-hmm. the relationship between my older brother and his two sons is amazing like I, it, all of them is just so great so now i'm looking at that i'm like there's no way i cannot incorporate that so when i when i see that even you that's another thing you as well even when you had your child it was like look it's time for you to you told me now it's time for you to have a kid because you know we need to play catch up yeah and i see how you are <laughs> how you relationship with your your son and the, the investment that you invest in your son and the, mo- the amount of time that you invest in your son, it plays such a big role. And I'm taking that and I'm literally just taking notes, just taking notes. So when I when it's time for me to be a father, I have like pages and pages, almost a book of good fathers of examples. And definitely my family, primary, I see how great they are and I'm, I start to implement that on my son. So a lot of the stuff that I'm doing right now is from my older brother, it's from my younger brother, it's from you, and from other people that I've seen that's doing good things, and I incorporate that in my life and say, okay, I wanna, I wanna invest that in my DNA to my son, because I need him to be, I need him to know how much love that his dad love, loves him, the sacrifice that I have, I want him to feel it, I want him to know how how it is for his dad to love his mom, like I want him to be annoyed to how much his dad loved his mom like that's that that's my goal so therefore again mm-hmm. when he is looking for a potential mate he's seeing like he's gonna look for a person that's gonna exactly. treat uh him the way he the way mom treat dad the dad treats mom because now he has an example he has a foundation of who he needs to be and has to be because now he's not looking for someone that's gonna be 
uh, hot headed and you know in a, in a, on a mess because mm-hmm. then that's not it's not gonna be a good fit to the family. It's not gonna be a good fit for him because his foundation is based on good behavior and good love, strong relationship between mom and dad and grandpa and grandma and grandma and family in itself. So to bring someone outside that doesn't fit that role, I don't. It's gonna be hard to fit that in. Exactly, exactly. And that's funny you say that because that's why I look at, at when I look at my daughter. I, I look at, I need to be that role model for her, you know, that example of the type of man that she would look for, you know, because I look at my daughter and I'm like, do I want somebody just like me, you know, to be with my daughter? Mm-hmm. And then the answer to that is no. You know why? Because you always want, I want something better than me because I'm not perfect. So I'm trying to be as best as I can so she can find something just like that, but hopefully better. Hopefully better. And hopefully that, you know, the better suits her. You know, with, with that, I, I, I caught on to this, um, uh, this saying that Commanuel said he got from you and I incorporated just about in every episode that I'm doing. And uh, uh, I'm pretty, I stole it from you. I, I, I'm just going to spot out say it. So I still from- <laughs> <laughs> no copyright or nothing. I'm just telling right now. I I straight up stealing it from you. And you, when I was talking to him, he said that he spoke to you. And he said that he wanted to be just like you. Uh, I think because you oh, you took yeah. you, you you got your education, you married, all that stuff. He wanted to be like you, but you told him, "Don't be like me. Be a better version of me. Be better than me." Is what you said. Be better than me. Yeah, I, I mean, I went. You went through this trial. You went through this uh, ordeal. You don't want another person to go through that. You want somebody to capitalize on what you're doing. So, I, me rewording it is just pretty much saying, I don't want you to be me. I want you to be a better version of me. I don't want you to be like your dad. I want you to be a better version yes. of your dad. Can you can you elaborate yes. on, on on that? Because I know I, I said it a lot, and I, I want to give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, uh, since you came clean, I got to come clean, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I stole that from my cousin Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was having, this was before I had a kid, and I was having a chat with him, and I think his son mentioned something like that. And then he told his son, no, you're not going to be like me. You're going to go past me. You're going to be better than me. And when he right. said that, I was like, wow. Yes. Because the whole time I was like, I would like my son to be just like me. Right. And then when he said that, I said, yo, that is, it makes sense. You, you know, you want your kids to do better than you. Because if you have a kid and he does the same thing as you and his kid do the same thing as you, there's no growth. There's no progress. Absolutely. And when he said that, yo, that stuck with me. And then I took it, ran with it. Said it to G like it was mine, <laughs> and now Gabe is probably gonna sue me. <laughs> That's why I had to change the word around a little bit, you know, and make it my own. But that in itself is is so powerful, man. It's so powerful. I mean, if you look at it is. if you look at our parents and what they went through, they fought hard for us not to be in the same shoes that they did. They, they went through, so so we won't go through exactly. the same situation that they went through. They 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 sacrificed so much for us not to go through that. And that's the same thing that we do right now. The same thing I'm doing, and that's the thing you're doing, where you're fighting mm-hmm. and working and sacrificing yourself because now it's about bettering the next generation. 
it's about bettering yes. the next the next one online and that's your it's your child and your your yes. your goal in life is to better your child better than you had it you can't have your child repeat the same thing that you have there are certain things that you know no. again genetic traits that you you want to be careful about carrying on but mm. whatever you can do physically mentally inject that into your 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 kids to be a positive that's what our goal is as parents to be to to invest in our our kids to do better and be better not the same thing as we are because again i i, mm-hmm. I don't want my son to to be working one or two jobs or i don't want him to like worry about the income if he's gonna eat no i don't want to have to worry about that i had to go through that but i learned from yes. that and grew from that so he doesn't have to go through that yes yes and it's funny because you're saying better in the next generation and i want to touch up on something because you guys you guys have fronts right Right. He spoke about fronts, how he helped you guys. And I want to talk about his brother. Well, there's two brothers. One early in my life, um, Keket, Uncle Keket, he was that God sent for us. And then as we got older, his fronts other brother, Uncle Tom. Right. This dude is a God sent. This dude, I call him Pops. When I see him, I kiss him in his forehead. I give him a hug. I call him Pops. One of the best feelings I ever had. I felt so happy that he saw my son. I, I feel sad that my father, he never got to see any of my kids. Right. But God put that in place for Uncle Thumb to see my kids. If this dude was not here, and first and foremost, my mom. But if he wasn't here, I wouldn't finish college. Hmm. I would not be what I am today, I would not have the career. I'm telling you, man, this dude is my second father. I love him to death. Love him to death. I remember I could even, I had no money to go to school, yo. And then I'm sitting here stressed to go to college, to learn, I couldn't. And then the doorbell rings. Because my mom, because me and my mom talked about it yesterday. I was like, I ain't got no money. I can't go to school. Doorbell rings the next day. Who is it? Uncle Dong. We're like, he gave me a monthly metro, money in my pocket. Who does that? Why would somebody do something after me? I'm like, you know, that's just some of the things he did. Some. You know, my family moved to Jersey, was still in the city, downtown Manhattan. I was working, took me in his house. No rent, nothing. Just make sure you go to school. All right. And it's and those things kind of sound foreign when when people do it willingly, without asking them, without you know, begging when they do it with the with the with, out of love, it, it just seems foreign because that's not something you're used to. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not you're not used to that that kindness. I know it's there. I know it's alive, but you're just not used to it because that's not what you, that's not how you grew up. So when somebody does that, you be like, uh, thank you, I guess. Kind of question mark. It was just like breathing for him to be nice to to help right. take care. Of, like I should just rip up my diploma, and just give half because like, and give the other half to my mom. Like those two, I don't know where I would be. I don't know where I would be without those two. It sucks to say, but he was doing that while my father was alive. Yeah. So if you listen to me, I love you so much. And thank you for everything you've done for me. Wow. Wow. What are three happy moments in your life? One of the first ones I would say is a graduation. So healthcare field in the school, 
If you fail a class, you don't get to take class next semester. You had to wait a whole year. So my father died during the semester and I failed the class. And then I had to come back the next year and watch all my friends that was there last year graduate. One of the worst feelings. And you guys just to get to look at my mom and look at her and she's looking at me and she's crying. Man, we came from some poverty situation, living in, you know, in the hood. You know how it is in Harlem. Harlem in the 80s and 90s. In the, in the 90s, it was pretty rough. <laughs> um, go through it and just to see her look at me and she's crying. Mm-hmm. That was one of my best moments. Second best moment, mm-hmm. April 22nd. Son was born. That was everything. My first son, my firstborn, my boy. The kid is, and the kid is just like me. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like I'm myself. Um, and my third best, I don't want to get my wife, wife mad. I'm not going to, you know, I love the part where I got married to her, <laughs> but my third best moment, May 21st, with my little Raya, his little girl, that was an awesome day. Those three is an awesome day. And I have a feeling God's going to bless me and he's going to give me a fourth awesome day very soon. <laughs> right. But right now, it's right now. The day I graduated, the day my son was born, and the day my daughter was born. It just filled me up, man, because I was living incomplete. I was living just angry. I was always angry. You know, I was always, my face was always serious. You know, I met my wife that helped a lot because I was, right. I was different back then. I was different. Just, I don't know. I'm not going to say depressed, but I was different. Wow, wow. Are there things you wish you had done differently as a dad? Sometimes, you know, you're short with your kids and, you know, you got to grow with that. Sometimes these kids can be rough (laughs) and you're like, enough, you know, but I really, I think I'm doing okay. I want to continue the path I'm going on. I want to be more understanding with the kids. I want to be a better father because I am not the best father and I'm not perfect at all. Nowhere near perfect, but do things differently? No, I don't think so. I want to keep going, keep praying, keep my eyes on God, raise these kids accordingly. And if you keep doing that, you don't need to do things differently. You're being led by God. So there's no, there's no need, there's no need to do it differently. He's putting you in the right path. How do you want your kids to remember you? I want my kids to remember me exactly how I remember my father when I was a kid, when I thought he was Chuck Norris. Mm. I want them to see me as a superhero. I want them to see me as an awesome dad. I want them to see me as I see my Uncle Tom. I want them to see me as a great father. I want them to see me because, you know, I'm in the health field. You know, certain passings and I see these kids go crazy. You know, it's sad that those parents were good great job because the kids love it. I want my kids to see me as something like that. I want them to see me most importantly how I see my mom. My mom on the show but I tell you my mom is a superhero. I'm looking at I was looking at my father mm-hmm. thinking he's a superhero and then I had super I had Wonder Woman right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because my mom is a fighter and she is a super woman. A super woman and 
she is a tough act to follow. Mm. But I think I found the one that is, you know, that's a huge blessing, huge blessing. But definitely one of my kids see me as I see my mom. That's very important to me. Nice. Wow. 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 And what, um, and just to wrap up again, I just wanted to say thank you for what you're doing. And just to wrap up for the last question, what do you want the dads, the fathers, the father figures out there to know? Um, I would like them to know that, you know, this ain't easy. Just want them to know, like, you know, what you have is a blessing. And the role that you take super extremely important because you have a life that you're in charge of. That's not something you take lightly. That's not a joke. That means you are very important. You have somebody to look up to you. That means you got to do what you got to do. Keep fighting, fight. Try to be the best father you can be. Try to understand these kids. And hopefully, you know, they'll grow. I'm religious, so I would tell them, try to do everything in God. Man, let me tell you, it's been a long time coming. This conversation is deep. It's, it's rich. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, I, I love it. I mean, I, I love it. I, again, I don't, I, we grew up together. For our fathers or our brothers, mm-hmm. but I, I spend the summer at your house, and we 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 have so much stories oh, to yeah. tell. But I, I I I don't, and I didn't know your journey in life. I mean, I know that's just a snippet of what you told us today, but even listening to you right now, I had no idea of the things that you went through. I had no idea this obstacle that you was in your way that you, it was so vast, it was so big. That's the essence of doing this right now. Because I, I grew up with you guys and I grew up with my siblings and I grew up with my cousins. I just don't know your personal story. And the fact that you come up and, and tell me everything that you tell me right now and open, I know it's not only just for me, it's for others out there that are, you know, trying to do better and understanding how uh, this parenting thing is not easy, but it's, you have to take, you have to take it by the oh, horns yeah. and lead, lead the way, you know, you have to just like be intentional with being a father. Sometimes, you know, you don't plan mm-hmm. it, but a lot of things in life, you don't have to plan. You just know you're going to step into that role and take charge because these things are not easy. Mm-hmm. You being in your kid's life matters. Oh, yes. If you're not there, it does make a difference. I'm telling you right now from a person that went through it, if your father's not there, it makes such a big difference Please. because the authoritative role makes a difference. The father's role makes a difference. Him being there makes a difference, and him not being there makes even bigger difference. So we had to be intentional of being a dad. Take your job as a parent, as a father, as a dad, seriously, because those things matter yep. in the future. We, we, sometimes we have a tendency of thinking only like today, but we need to think about what's going to happen when these kids grow up, how they're going to turn out to be, and how do you want them to be. What kind of knowledge do we want to plug into them? We want to invest in them now. So when they go into the future, they don't have that difficulty. They don't have a restriction. You want to have the doors open and not closed for them. And that's what this platform is for. This is what we're doing. This is what this is why I love doing this so much because I get to hear different stories. I get to hear how you survive and I get to hear how you're able to become a better person. Even though, even though you went through this hardship, it didn't break you. It made you yeah. even stronger. And I appreciate that. And I love that you become a, uh, an example to not only for me, but for other dads, dads out there. You're doing a phenomenal job. You're doing a great job. Again, you're an example for me. 
I have a lot of catch up to do as far as a child, but I'm not rushing it right now. <laughs> I have one in my hand. You you were two ahead of me. That's right. Maybe I'm I can up, have another one or two. I'm, up I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying no to it. <laughs> I'm not saying no to it. But look, I just want to applaud you for who you are, you. what you are, and what you're doing right now as far as being a father. You're doing a phenomenal job. You are in a, a great example, and that's, that there's a reason why my siblings were talking about you because you are a good example. My sister, that's not a mom yet, Gael, she talks about you. Gamanuel uh, talks about you. Like, I'm telling you, there's a reason why they, your name comes up because you're doing exactly what you need to do as a father, Thank you. as a friend, as a dad, and you're doing it well. So you're doing, you continue doing what you're doing, continue being amazing, continue being a great husband to your wife, and and continue having god take charge in your life and i'm encouraging you and i'm also encouraging others out there to do the same thing you know take this step seriously fatherhood being a dad is serious oh, yeah. it's it have a serious impact and again i want to just thank you uh maxine max <laughs> for taking this opportunity to just be vulnerable be open and tell me your story man i love it i can talk to you for another hour or so and i'm i'm just so and intrigued by this conversation it's just is for me I, I talk less and i let you talk more and i that's how i would like it to be and I'm, I'm so thankful i'm so 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 thankful that you're able to come here and tell me your story man thank you thank you for having me like i said you know the funny thing is because i'm also looking at you and taking some of your stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm robbing everybody i'll tell you man i take ideas from everybody that's how it yep. is yep <laughs> That's how it is. That's how we have to do. We have to learn from from each other. Oh, yeah. You know, get the positive and you know, learn from the negatives, and just plug it into our our kids and you know, do better. Just do better. We had to learn how to be a better version oh, of yeah. ourselves, so our kids could be a better version oh, yeah. of ourselves. You know, be more. Be intentional. Be intentional. Be intentional with being a, a being a dad. Be intentional of being a dad. I mean, I know I repeat that. I want to drive it in. Be intentional of a being dad. Yes, a dad. Sir. It makes such a big difference all right guys i won't hold you any longer i just want to thank my, my my cousin max for coming to this podcast for being open being vulnerable being just sp spreading everything out so i will catch you guys in a few bye For more Dear Dad podcasts, visit Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Make sure you check Dear Dad Podcasts on your favorite Instagram social media platform at Dear Dad Podcasts. Catch you later. Get your dad.